Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flag Time Machine. I am Andy Hot Body Dawson. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Uh, welcome along. It's another episode of the Cranky's Odyssey. We're looking at their autobiography, Fantabby Doozy, our amazing true story, forward by Max Bygraves. It's quite a big chunk about Max Bygraves actually in the book itself. Where he, he, they, I've got a strong sense that he actually, at the end of their long career, well, I can't say it's the end. They're still, I, I believe they're still, still alive. They're still active. <laughs> Are they? I don't know. They're still what's known as showbiz active. Um, I'm going to look, see what they're up to. They're showbiz active, mate. They must have a, a, a an active website, I would imagine. Everyone's got a website. Uh, they haven't got a website. Oh, God. Would you like to know the Cranky's net worth? Yeah. According to one of those websites that always gives you the completely inaccurate net worth of someone. Yeah, I, I saw I was worth millions once on there. Well, the Cranky's are worth $5 million, apparently. Fuck's sake. I'll see if you're still on that one. This is infocelebs.com. Sam Delaney. Is Sam, Sam Delaney worth? is Sam Delaney worth more? Or less Delaney, than the crankies. Nah, Sam not even there. Not listed on that. Not even fucking listed. They must be. They might. They might have one for like ex list celebrity net worths. I mean, mine. Uh, if it was accurate, mine would be minus. <laughs> I, I'm literally net, um, minus net worth. Well, I don't know. Networthpost.org is the top result. Uh, you are worth seven hundred thousand dollars. Apparently. Well, that's about four hundred grand. I fucking wish. About I mean, half a million. That, I reckon. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean that I've got that money. It means I'm worth it. If someone, that's my. That's the <laughs> value that I've accumulated to buy through all of my accomplishments in life. They they're putting a price yeah. on my fucking existence. Even then, I reckon if it was accurate, I'd be overdrawn. Oh well. Well, how much am I worth? I'm not on that website either. I must be on an even lesser. Allfamousbirthday.com. No, there's one, on there's, one. There's a Mackham one. It's called Mackham Net Worth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just from people from <laughs> Sunderland. I am. Oh, that's the soccer player, Andy Dawson. That's not the. That's the I didn't know one. there was a soccer player, Andy Dawson. Oh, actually, yeah. maybe I did. Maybe I did. He's worth 26 million, according to one website, and 1.5 million, according to another. Andy Dawson. Mince. I might bring something up. Net Worth. Mice? Mice? 
man. He so is worth five mice. Andy Dawson is worth five mice. Uh, Andy Dawson, writer. I am 45 years old. I'm 46. I am British. My height and weight measurements are not available. Net worth between $1 million and $5 million. Fucking Get hell. Get a load of me. You're Fucking way over hell. double my value. Oh, well, I mean, look, that's probably that's probably true, to be honest. I mean, you know, I've got the wolf at my door over here. It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> anyway, listen. That's London life for you. It is London life, yeah. I've got to get up to the northeast. Um, what bit are we doing in the book about the annoyingly rich, according to the internet, uh, crankies? Uh, there's a... Uh, the- a chapter called What a Dope which tells of their first and last experience of drugs if you're interested in that there's um I'm really interested into the opening line of chapter 17 let me entertain you for me having had quite a thorough scan through this book like um over the last few weeks it gets better as it goes on and I'll tell you why and I feel awful saying it that we're exploiting this for our, literally for our own profit because we are selling this content for money yeah. uh, but it's just that they become more bitter and angry as the book goes on because when they're remembering okay. the, the heyday where they just you know they were getting offers of work over the phone like rhinestone cowboys it's just fun 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 but then towards the end as we as we learned last week you know they really turned on Barrymore and then uh, cha- a chapter later 17 it's called let me entertain you and Ian starts it with this line when we got the offer through to appear on the entertainers for the BBC, I must admit, I immediately sensed the stitch up. <laughs> Opening line. Anyway, blah blah blah. I didn't what I didn't know was that Louis Theroux was one of the producers. Or I probably would have said no. Oh, oh what's your hell. problem with Theroux? I thought everyone loved I know Louis Theroux. Th- Louis Theroux did some lovely documentaries with some um, I'm not going to say feared entertainers, but no, but certainly heritage, heritage entertainers. entertainers of that era. Yeah, and he did a couple of them. I, I, I would say Norval, I think Theroux's also. You know, he's very he's very generous in his sort of profiles of entertainers. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, he's sometimes overly generous, even with the white supremacists and the nonces. Yeah, and Jimmy Savile. Well, that's yeah. Um, he goes, I probably would have said no, but just when you think the tide is turning against the world of political correctness, the BBC is still a bastion of PC. Right, so here do, we're getting... Do, do, do we think the world's turning against political correctness? I didn't think that. I think it probably I, is. I, I, it, it's, there seems to be parts of it that are constantly furious about political correctness, but I like to think that the, the onward march of political correctness, or as I call it, politeness um cannot be stopped that's short for political correctness yeah politeness. i just call it politeness um and i don't think that the the onward march of politeness can be stopped by the angry the ever the, the ever louder angry voices right. of people who, impolite who just want to defend their right to be fucking rude and inconsiderate right yeah <laughs> but they think that any obligation to be polite and considerate to others, especially those different to them, is an is an affront to their own human rights, Andy. Well, it, it, because it takes effort. 
Yeah, and exactly. And it takes thought and care, you know, the, the thing carefulness. That, the thing about anyone who has, like, a conservative or right-of-centre mindset, and it's more pronounced the further to the right that they are, is that what they find more infuriating than anything is being asked to think about any issue with any level of nuance or complexity. That yeah. infuriates them. Because it's hard. That and uh, any requirement for empathy, right? Because these yeah. things are difficult. And so when you argue with these people, they will always at some point say to you, well, I don't know about any of that, but I think this is very simple, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? They'll always say... Mm. I don't think so. When it's raised, they'll go. You'll you'll explain to them about the huge complexities and nuance of of race, identity, immigration, social change. And they'll very quickly go. They'll think, "Fuck this! This is just a hassle thinking about all this. Why do I? Why yeah. they get angry because they have to concentrate? I mean, why do I, Why are you asking me to concentrate and think deeply about something? And then they'll mm. say. Oh, really? Well, that's all very well, right? But as far as I'm saying, it's very simple. If they don't like it, they can fuck off somewhere else, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, to be honest, mate, it's the same with the crankies. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I ought not to say that, but I suspect it's the same with the crankies. Anyway, he goes, right, BB, he's, he's raining against the BBC for being a bastion of PC. Fucking right. If they stop being a bastion of PC, then I would feel more aggrieved about paying my fucking licence fee. Mm. Our contact with the... Because pro- yeah. I tell you what, ITV aren't doing much to fucking, you know, make us a more civilised people. With Holly and Phil doing their fucking yeah, exactly. spinning wheel of poverty, right? Selfies yeah. with Boris Johnson and jumping the queue at the Queen's fucking funeral, right? All this shit mm. they do on these other channels, the exploitative shit. Thank God the BBC is, are still fucking trying their best to uphold mm. certain standards of political correctness. Hey, there's a great... Just apropos of nothing, really, there was a great series on BBC Two this month with David Dimbleby. Yeah. And it was called something like Days That Shook the BBC. Oh. And it's one of those things where the BBC examines the BBC. Yeah, I like and that. Is, yeah. And is, is usually... Quite damning. critical almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They it's have one to of them. be damning, yeah. And it's David Dimbleby kind of looking back through his, his own career as well as the, the stuff that's happened to the BBC in the past. And it's really good. It's really good. Um, um, I'll have there's, a look there's at a that. Bit where, there's a bit where Dimbleby's talking about a show that he did in the, the mid-70s, and there's, there's a black guy who he's interviewing uh, who accuses Dimbleby of, of basically taking a racist standpoint during that show, and the show itself <laughs> being racist. And to this day, Dimbleby's still like going, well, I, I, I wasn't deliberate. And the first one, yeah, but you were. it was racist. And Dimbleby's like, kind of, uh, <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm David Dimbleby. I, I'm one of the kindest. How can I be racist? I'm one of the kindest and wisest men, or owls, as many people regard me more of a, a, a sort of a benign owl in the whole of Britain. And there's there's a, a, a big chunk of it about the fucking chaotic episode of Question Time when Nick Griffin was on. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a particular law point or what, but um, yeah, that's that's in there as well. I mean, Good yeah, series. I didn't I have a problem with Nick Griffin being on Question Time myself, you know. Well, as he said, he kind of got hung, drawn and quartered. Yeah. Touched by his own petard, yeah. if you like. Get him and tell him to bring his own petard. Why? <laughs> oh, no reason. That's you on the phone if you're the producer on the phone to the fucking... <laughs> Uh, yeah, is he going to bring his own petard or does he want us to provide one? It's much better if he brings his own. 
Why? Are you planning uh, on hoisting him on it? No. No, no, we haven't no, got... No, 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 nothing no, like that. Don't, there's no need for him to bring a hoist. No. We've, we've got one here. I mean, no, we haven't. No, there's no plan no, to no hoist, hoist him on his own petard. All we say is, and we say it in all honesty to all of our guests, please bring your own petard. <laughs> it's just, I don't know, it's a tradition, but don't, there'll be no, don't worry yourself about hoisting. It's very unlikely to happen. <laughs> um, hoist. All right, I'll tell him to bring his petard if he can find it. He says it's up in the attic. He hasn't had to use it for years. Yeah, well, maybe it's at his mum's. I don't know. But then oiling before he brings it. Anyway, this is what Ian says, right? He goes, Our contact with the programme was with a director called Harriet. And I swear that, yeah, alarm bells to the old school, anyone called Harriet, isn't it? And a, a woman. And I less. swear, the first words from her mouth to me were, Hi, I'm Harriet, and I'm a lesbian. Does that bother you? <laughs> Why is that oh, politically correct? I mean, it is a strange question, I'll give you that. But it's not politically correct to say I'm a lesbian. I mean, just, just tell it, sharing, isn't it? I'm a, by the way, I'm a lesbian. I, I have it off with other women. Got a problem? Well, then, then she said, does that does that bother you? Maybe yeah. she's just trying to say, does that arouse you? <laughs> does it bother you? He doesn't say yeah. whether she raised her eyebrows when she said bother. Mm, as if bother was it. another word for arousing. Yeah. Why would that bother us? I said, we've been in showbiz most of our lives. Uh. It's full of lesbians. No, he didn't say that <laughs> bit, but that's the Im- implication. Uh, she mm. then explained that she... Let's with them. She explained that she was told she must tell people her sexual orientation before the interviews. I was completely baffled. I then had a question of my own. Why do the BBC want to present us as nice people? There must be some edge to this programme. Oh, no, she insisted. You've been going for years and it's about time people saw you again. Frankly, (laughs) I was not convinced in the slightest. (laughs) To be honest, I can see his point of view. It is starting to sound like a bit of a stitch up. Yeah. Yeah, I would have been um, Crankies. Crankies are exactly the sort of people we would have booked on the permanently rested Sam Delaney's news thing. You know, mm. just for like bantering giggles, sort of thing. Yeah, and like, yeah. you get them on, and you don't consciously take the piss, but but just by having them there, you're sort of giving a cheeky wink to the audience, aren't you? Like, look, yeah. here's the Crankies. Yeah. What do you think of that? To the to the young hip audience of that show, the very young and hip. It was it was a hipster show ahead of its time. Um, hey, how's it going, trendies? All you cool cats out there, it's me, Sam Delaney, back with my cutting satire and irony. Snapping your fingers, ooh yeah, jazz beats. Yeah, I used to always wear a beret and a polo neck. Um, frankly, I was not convinced. The first bit of footage they wanted was me taking my forty-foot Grand Banks motor cruiser out on the water. The Crankies had their own mm. boat, mate. I took them up. They're like, you know the way Batman, foot. in the old Batman series with Adam West? Mm. Batman, he did what was good, and they never did this in any of them fucking boring films that they made. What's he called? Christopher never Nolan. Any of the films, to be honest. Oh, fucking hell. What a yawner film. What's the first one? I saw the first one because Prince did the soundtrack. No, no. And it was... Yeah, those ones, that, that was the Tim Burton ones. They're all right, mate, because they're a good laugh. Are they? They're in the tradition, in some ways, of the Adam West ones, in that they're fucking bonkers. And that first one, Jack Nicholson, is hilarious. And then the second one's Danny DeVito as the penguin. And he's just eating fucking raw fish with all blood coming out of his mouth. 
fucking Michelle Pfeiffer in her imperial stage dressed as a cat. They're all great. It's the ones that, you know, then they came back with, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Patrick Bateman. Batman in the rain. Patrick Bateman, American Psycho played him. They're all in the rain, aren't they? Yeah. Rain's all the time. So gothic and moody. And it's like, (laughs) hang on about, where's the fucking bat boat? Because in Adam West's ones, he had a bat everything. He didn't just have a bat mobile. He had a bat bike. He had a bat boat, right? He had a mm-hmm. bat helicopter. He had the fucking mm-hmm. bat everything. Um, we could get all them toys when we were younger. Yeah, you could get a lot. And that's like the Crankies in their Imperial phase. They had the cranky car, the cranky van, the cranky boat. Jalapeño. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. In any of the current Batman films, is there a scene where Batman and Robin are walking up the side of a wall no. using like a rope? No, you don't but even get clearly, Robin. They're clearly walking... You know, it's been it's been the basically you don't get Robin anymore, and the reason is is that (sighs) there are there's a huge and extremely lucrative audience of man babies spread across the globe, right? Who loved Batman just like we did when they were kids, because it's fun when you're a kid to see a billionaire dressed as a bat fighting Mm. a shark. Of course, of course, that's fun, but then they don't mature at the normal rate, right? And so they continue to want to be into Batman, but they're slightly embarrassed because Batman is clearly an absurd children's story. And so they demand that Batman is presented with dark nuance to it, right? Dark undertones, right? In a gothic manner, because that just makes them feel slightly better about the fact they're grown men watching a film about a man who dresses up as a bat and fights crime. But, you know, fucking hell, I'm into Star Wars. You like Star Wars. Like, we've all got our little things. It's nice to have babyish things to be into. But, I mean, I like don't Star Wars go, at a point. I don't I'll demand Star Wars goes them. dark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to be fair, those last three films they made, they were quite shit. But I was re-watching one yesterday with... um, were, No, at the weekend with Len. And, uh, and we did a randomizer. Right, because we've got them all on Disney Plus. So we 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 did a, a Star Wars randomizer to choose which one we watched, and it came out with the Last Jedi, which one the newer ones. I thought, oh no, they're the worst ones. But to be fair, one thing I'd say about them is they stay absolutely fucking daft right up to the last, yeah. and I respect them for that because it is a daft yeah. idea. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the was the last one, the Last Jedi. Was no, the, it was called The Rise that? of Skywalker. Yeah, I'll, I'll, the last one got a right piercing mm. from the critics. Mm. But I really enjoyed it. It yeah, was just, just like, fucking a daft film. It's just fucking silly. It's got one yeah. of the best things ever as well that really like proves the point that, listen, right, 
There's nothing to be taken from this. This is not the Bible. This is not war and peace, right? This is not the complete works of Socrates, right? This is simply exactly. a film, a space film about robots and that all having a big fight, right? It's just a bit yeah. of fun. That's and all it is. The, I loved it the way that to underline that, whatever like brilliant cunt made that last film, I'm not sure which one it was, he started it by saying that the Emperor, who died fucking three films previously, right, been thrown down a big space well by Darth Vader, right? <laughs> he was as dead as a fucking dodo, that cunt. Everyone knew it. They started this film, they thought, as fan service, they have to keep bringing back old characters in the in the yeah. new films. And they'd run out of old characters to bring back. So the guy who made the last one gave it the old... Fuck it, I'll bring back the Emperor. Everyone liked him. We've already brought back Yoda. We've already brought back fucking Chewbacca. They've all been back. Bring back the Emperor. They go, you can't, the Emperor's dead. Don't worry, I'll write around it, right? This is space. Anything's possible. Usual rules don't apply, right? So I don't worry. I'll get my writers on it. They're going to think of a reason to explain his return. And there is only... And so he's just right from the beginning of the film, first five minutes of the film, the cunt's back, Right? And the only line in the entire three fucking hour film that justifies the fact that he's back from the dead, right, <laughs> is one of the characters, right, in Act One, says he's addressing the rest of the rebels, and he goes, he does a speech, he goes, right, everyone listen up. And he goes, somehow the Emperor has come back. And then he just carries on, and that is, is that the, it? Oh, that's it. Somehow the, the emperor's come back, and everyone. And this is like, this isn't my own observation. This is a popular meme online as an example of people just bullshitting their way out of something that doesn't <laughs> make sense, right? And just yeah. thinking, do you know what? Fuck it. We could spend ages trying to think of some elaborate explanation, but at the end of the day, no one really cares. They just want to see him again, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like when yeah. they—the most famous thing to ever happen in EastEnders was Dirty Den getting shot by the firm. Right? Mm. Years later, they're struggling for ratings, so they just brought Dirty Den back, and oh, yeah. they didn't bother. I don't. I can't remember who it's saying. I think at some point someone said, "Oh, I thought you got shot dead," and he just went, "No, I didn't." And then that was it. No. He'll say, no, he if you remember, all uh, you heard was the shot and then the plop in the water. Yeah, that, that so, don't mean you know. I'm dead. I mean, did they have a funeral for him at the time? Yeah. I don't remember. Everyone grieved. They- well, like, you know, certainly Sharon grieved extensively. Well, who did they bury then? What did they bury? A duck? Bricks. Uh, <laughs> stockings with gravel in them. That were all sewn together into the shape of a body with a balloon for a head. No, I'm looking to see if he had a funeral or not. 2005. No, 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 no. That was when he died the second time. Second time. He died in about 1989, I reckon, when he first got shot. About then, yeah. Yeah, 87. But we don't know if he was buried or not. He got buried next to. He got buried next to his wife. Got buried next to Angie. Why? What? I didn't even know Angie was dead. Apparently. Oi, um... This, the, do you this, remember... This needs to be a fucking mate, without deep Googling dive it, of the crankies. Do you remember who his long-term bit on the side was? Do you remember her name? Uh, you can't Google it. Jan. Jan! You're fucking yeah. right, mate. Well done. She was posh. 
Yeah, she, she has a posh bit on the side, and it was one of those bits on the side that was an open secret. Like Ange knew what her name was; yeah. she knew all about her. He was one yeah. of the, he was it was one of those situations where it was like an open secret that he had another life. Well, that with was dead for woman. you, though, wasn't it? He he flaunted that sort of thing. That was him all over. Now, I was talking to my mate the other day about how I met Dirty Den uh, because mm. he straight man. He won't mind me saying this, I don't think. He said really casually to me, as if it wasn't a big thing, he just went, yeah, um, they've done a backstory of uh, Phil Mitchell and they've released it as like a separate episode on on BBC iPlayer. And I go, oh, yeah. What? We're in the car. I went, yeah? How do you know that, mate? And he goes, well, I heard about it, so I watched it. I went... Do you even watch EastEnders? He went, no, I haven't watched EastEnders since, like, I was a student, right? And I go, no, me neither. He goes, so why did you watch it? He goes, I just thought it sounded interesting, so I watched it. It was quite good. They had an actor playing young Phil, one playing young Grant, one playing one Peggy Mitchell. It was quite good. And I did, I thought, but it was the way he said it casually. I thought, that's really weird. Just suddenly going on iPlayer and watching, like, a EastEnders flashback. I'm a bit bored. But he might have been Curious. bored. And then I did say to him, in the end, it made sense because I said, yeah, I was talking to my daughter the other day while we were watching Grey's Anatomy, which we watched together, right? That's our sort of um, daddy-daughter time, as you might call it, yeah. right? Because she's well into that. And they did a flashback scene in that to, like, what it was like in the hospital in the 80s. And I was really enjoying it. And I said to my daughter, you know what? I fucking love flashbacks. And she went, yeah, they're the best. They're the best bit in anything is a flashback. <laughs> and I went, I'd even watch a flashback of something that I hadn't even watched the original of. If I if I see something that says that promises me a backstory or a flashback, I'm there. I'll watch right. it. I'm a, I just yeah. love flashbacks. Well, if someone says to me, what films do you like? What sort of films do you like? I go, they go, what? You like horror? Do you like comedy? What? I go, anything with a flashback. Anything with a flashback. I just love it. Genre. I love yeah. it when you get to see the characters when they were a bit younger. It's fucking great, mate. Well, do you remember they did an Only Fools and Horses flashback yeah. series? Yeah, yeah. Was that from good? I can't young. believe I haven't seen was that. It was called Rock and Chips or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and wasn't it, it had what's his name? James, what's his name I from The Inbetweeners? Thing from The Inbetweeners. Yeah, mm. I never saw it. Uh, it says here on, on, on heart.co.uk about the Dirty Den page. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the, the gang who. They were called Dirty The Den, Fan. They're called The Firm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not only did they harass Dirty Den and kill him off, they also got a number one with Star Trekking. That was The Firm as well. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, 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 they're things in a Star lot of pies. Star Trekking well, across like, the universe. Well, look at the Mafia. They they had Frank Sinatra, didn't they? They were involved in music, popular music, yeah. and so were The Firm. Yeah. Hit single, Star Trekking, one-off. Um, uh, in, he ran away from Albert Square in 1989. He was shot with a gun hidden in a bunch of daffodils yeah. and adopted daughter Sharon was left to identify his body. Mm. Despite this, Den returned from the dead in 2003 after it turned out it had been living in Spain. Exactly. What body did she identify? It, What's that about? Exactly like Return of the... Uh, exactly like The Last Jedi. No, um, The Rise of Skywalker. Exactly the same thing. It was like this. Somehow, Dirty Den has returned. And then no one asked any questions. They just That's yeah. just what you say. Um, but yeah, dirty. Well, I thought you got shot, and they say, "Well, fucking evidently not." Look at me, here look I am. at me. I'm fucking still breathing, aren't I? Do you want to do what my Italian uncle did that time when my dad asked him how he was after his heart attack, and all he did was just start hopping in one leg, go, "I can still hop," and that was his only answer. <laughs> and my dad just went, oh, "All right," and carried on walking. They hadn't seen each other in thirty years. It was at a wedding. He went, "Oh, hello, Carlo." 
Heard you had a heart attack. How are you now? Oh, look, I can yeah. still hop. Now, fuck <laughs> off. Keep walking, cunt. Uh, that, that I'm going to do a backflip. <laughs> yeah. But um, now Leslie Grantham came on News Thing to be in our Christmas panto, which is mm. uh, one of my, you know, proudest ever moments in, in, in oh, anything. Yeah, I remember that. And... Uh, Paul Denan was in that as well, wasn't oh, he? Oh, everyone was in it, mate. I mean... I wasn't. Were you involved in writing it? No. No. We, we no, had a no, huge no. writing dinner. <laughs> well, I remember we had a a, a, a um, little mix, little mix um, tribute group. <laughs> oh God Almighty! Anyway, Is it still on the internet. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can watch the panto and YouTube. and the thing. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh God, Paul Paul Dan." Anyway, Paul Denan played Jack Delors, and then. Right at the end, it was it was Brex- ah, it was Brexit, the pantomime, and and uh, and right at the end, we paid like Leslie Grantham like five hundred quid to just come on in a cameo at the end and then go, "Hello, sweetheart," and hand them to like fucking chief whoever the chief British negotiator was. He was probably at the time was very famous, but now we've forgotten his name, and go, "Hello, sweetheart." No, hello, princess. These, my sweet. <laughs> Are your divorce papers, and he just hands him fucking article. What was it called? Article fifty-two or whatever. Article fifty. Again, all these things that were famous back then, and now I've forgotten most of them. Yeah, these. Hello, princess. These are your. These, my sweet, are your divorce papers. And then it went, and that was it. That was all he had to do. And then it was over, and he got his five hundred quid. And me and my brother, my brother was there, and we were like. We were talking to him about West Ham. He was a big West Ham fan. So he said, come on, let's do a photo. And we all did photos doing the cross hammer sign and all that. And then he goes, lovely yeah. to meet you. I've got to go now. And it was like about three days before Christmas. And I go, where are you going? Yeah. He goes, Heathrow Airport. And I go, you going away for Christmas? He went, yeah. And he went, yeah, I've got my money now, haven't I? Because uh, you're going to pay me and then I'll have my money for my Christmas. I said, where are you going? And he looked at me like it was a weird question. He went, Bulgaria. I went... <laughs> What are you going there for? He goes, it's where I go every year. I've got mates out there. Anyway, ta <laughs> And he just fucked off into his cab. I think he might have got the fucking 500 quid cash, mate. He was laughing to himself. He disappeared. He said one line, then he was off to fucking Bulgaria for his traditional Christmas knees up with 500 quid in his skyrocket. I thought, fucking that hell. man's fucking living the life with his Bulgarian adventures. But within a year, Andy, he was dead for real. I was going to say, that, was that not his last TV appearance? I think it might have been. I'm looking. Question it, is, what was lived, the what it, was the fucking Bulgarian connection? What was he well, up he to there. out there? Oh, okay. He lived there apparently, according to the Daily Mail. Right. Uh, he returned to the UK in June 2018, shortly before his death, after selling his Bulgaria flat and was living alone in London. Maybe he just went to Bulgaria, because he got caught wanking that time, didn't he? Yeah, So maybe it, yeah. he thought, fuck this, I'll yeah. go to Bulgaria. I can un- I can respect that, because I'd, I'd br- if I was caught on... If I was caught wanking on a webcam and it ended up in the yeah. paper, I probably would think I've got, I've got to go somewhere really remote. You know, like, mm. like very much like Obi Wan going to Tatooine and like hiding out in a cave. Same sort of vibe, isn't it? Mm. Oh, he appeared in the Crears Dead Man Dead Man Walking, which was set for release uh, later that year. So um, that your your appearance wasn't his final one. Oh, that's a shame. Probably penultimate. Well, anyway, well, um, I feel happy yeah. that we gave him a bit of cash for a nice Christmas. 
um, off in Bulgaria. I wonder what... I've always wondered what Christmas is like in Bulgaria ever since then. Maybe one day I'll give it a go. Well, we could both go over there and do a Christmas special. Oh, that'd be wonderful, Top flight time machine, Christmas in Bulgaria. Christmas in Bulgaria. Top flight time machine's Bulgarian Christmas. (laughs) Bulgarian (laughs) Yuletide. Andy, please, let's do that. We could just go over mid-December this year and just stay one night in Bulgaria and it'll be like the Asda one. We'll do it as a a live video stream. We'll go to Bulgaria. Yeah. Do a video stream from whatever the... um, the town square there is <laughs> whatever they are over there yeah superb I mean count me 100% in for that although didn't a scouser get nicked for no reason and has been in the, in the nick ever since out in Bulgaria I mean not that I can really judge a country oh, for that I mean fuck's sake if any country's got a fucking reputation for just banging people up for fucking no reason for years yeah. it's, it's the UK it is yeah hmm Anyway, we'll have a think about. It. We'll we'll on the list of things we might do, and you never know. Um, can we leave it there for now, and we'll find out more about this thing the Crankies did with Harriet, or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll think of something else to do next week. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think there's still more to. I'm just like scanning as we talk this right. stuff about this show they made, but we'll leave it till yeah. next week. But there's there's definitely more juice to be squeezed from the Crankies book. I hope so. Mm. Until until we can see the pips. Yeah. Squeeze them till the pips squeak. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. Goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.